This morning's reading is John 20, starting to read at verse 1, and this can be found on page 1089 in the Church Bibles. So that's John 1, chapter 20, starting to read at verse 1. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Madeline went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb. We don't know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not, know, they still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb, crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, Woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned round and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, Woman, why are you crying? Who is it you are looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Araboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Madeline went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord, and she told them that he had said these things to her. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you would speak to us from the Bible this morning, for Jesus' sake. Amen. There were two neighbours. They were good friends, and uh, as friends do, they were in the habit of looking after one another's houses and pets when the other, others went on holiday. And so um, uh, the neighbours being away, John and Sally uh, went next door in the middle of the week, uh, and decided they'd cut the grass for their neighbours. <clears throat> and as they were doing this, 
uh, after a few minutes, their dog ran up. He was a bit muddy, uh, but he had the neighbor's pet rabbit in his mouth. And rather embarrassingly and awkwardly, it was clearly dead. And they thought, well, what are we going to do? And, and John suggested, well, yeah, this really is quite bad, isn't it? But we could visit the local pet shop and see if there's another one like it. And uh, so they went down. And actually, the first pet shop they went to, they found an identical rabbit. So they thought, well, this is gr- great news. This is the solution. And uh, so they put it in the hutch, and uh, they think they've done rather well. And then when their, when their neighbors returned from holiday, they had a great time. And, uh, uh, but when they, they, they saw each other over the garden fence a day or so later, they, they were looking a bit perplexed. And they asked John over the fence. And he said, um, did anything unusual happen while we were away? And he said, no, didn't think so, not particularly. And, uh, and the neighbor said, well, it's just that before we left on a holiday, the rabbit died and we buried it. <laughs> and it seems to be now alive and well and back in the hutch. <laughs> well, when it comes to the resurrection... It really happened, you know. It really happened. We might find it hard to believe, but it did happen. And John, who has written this John's Gospel here, he was one of the eyewitnesses. He was actually there at the crucifixion uh, in uh, chapter 19 and verse 35. He was there as as an eyewitness of the crucifixion. He was there on Easter Sunday morning. He saw the empty tomb. He was there at some of Jesus' appearances. He was an eyewitness to the resurrection. In fact, he is, uh, well, you look at verse 2 here, and it talks about the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. 99.99% sure that is John. He was there. And uh, in verse 3, Peter and the other disciple, that's John, started for the tomb. So we have an eyewitness account from that first Easter Sunday morning. And the eyewitnesses of that day simply tell us this, that it is Resurrection Day. And there are four main points I want to make. First is this, they saw, they saw. Mary Magdalene, early on that first Easter Sunday morning. They call it the first day of the week. All the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, they all call it the first day of the week. Uh, That's a day of new beginnings. It's a day of fresh starts. Of course it is. Jesus back from the dead. This is a new start. And it's Mary, Mary Magdalene, who goes to the tomb. If you were making this up, you really would want to make it believable. And in those days, you wouldn't choose a woman, and you wouldn't choose a woman with a, shall we say, questionable past. You wouldn't have chosen Mary to be the first one there. So the fact that the first person to see the tomb is open, the fact that that person is Mary, actually on its own just gives us good reason for thinking this has not been made up. She probably doesn't go into the tomb. She doesn't even necessarily look inside as far as we can see. No, she runs. And she runs to go and get Peter and John. And they run back to the tomb. 
Maybe John was a bit fitter, we don't know, but he gets there first and he looked in, but he didn't go in. And then Peter, who was ran, ran more slowly, he probably, I guess, he probably just pushed John out of the way slightly to get in. And what they see is extraordinary. And Mary and probably Peter and John probably thinking that they've been grave robbers. They were quite common in Jesus' day. And uh, just seeing the stone roll back from the entrance to the tomb, you probably thought the body had been taken for the linen strips. They were quite valuable. And the spices that were uh, wrapped around with the linen strips to hide the smell of the decomposing body. It was a common thing. In fact, it was so common that uh, the Emperor Claudius, he reigned from 41 to 54 AD, so not long later, but by his time... Robbing dead bodies from tombs had become so common that he actually outlawed it. And in fact, he made it a capital offence, even to just to displace the, uh, the, the, the rock from in front of the tomb entrance. So, so within 10 to 15 years of that first Easter Sunday morning, if you had been found responsible for taking the body or even rolling the stone away, you would be crucified. But you know, the body hadn't been stolen and the tomb hadn't been opened so that Jesus could get out. Actually, the tomb was opened so that Mary, Peter, John could see in. So they could see what had happened. And what do they see? Well, John, it says in verse 5, he saw the strips of linen lying there. It says in verse 6, the end of verse 6, that uh, Peter saw the same. And then in verse 7, it says, well, it's not actually quite clear in the English, but it says this in English, as well as the cloth there had been wrapped, that had been wrapped around Jesus' head, the cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. And John is telling us here, in the original it's clearer, but he's saying these grave clothes were undisturbed. That head cloth there, literally it says it's twirled up as if it's still around Jesus' head. John Stott, writing about this, says this, it was like a discarded chrysalis from which the butterfly has emerged. Jesus' resurrection body simply seems to have passed through the grave clothes. I suppose you might almost say it had evaporated through the grave clothes. They saw, one grand old commentator on this has said, there is something undefinably first-hand about this. They saw, and it's been written down carefully for us and preserved through the centuries. We have here, in our hands, what a privilege, first-hand eyewitness accounts of what happened on that first Easter Sunday. Now, let's be clear, no one actually saw Jesus rise from the dead. But look at the evidence, look at the eyewitness reports here and in the other three gospel accounts. And what do we make of them? What do you make of them? If you're not a Christian believer this morning, if you don't think Jesus came back from the dead, then what do you make of what John is telling us? He is saying very clearly, I was there, this is what I saw. That's the first thing they saw. 
Second, they believed. They believed. Now, it wasn't easy uh, for these first disciples. Oh yeah, Jesus had raised three people from the dead that we know of. But uh, this is uh, on a whole different level. Disciples weren't expecting this. They weren't even really hoping for it. And understandably, it took a while to see what was going on. Now, grave robbers were still high on the agenda. So you look in verse 2 here. And uh, 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 so Mary came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. And that, that comes, time, comes several times here. They, probably meaning grave robbers, have almost certainly have taken away, they don't know where they put him. That what they would have done probably was to take the body out of the tomb, away from the scene of the crime, to somewhere secluded, where they would have removed the linen, removed the spices, left the body there, and then taken off with the booty. Where they put him? Mary is still asking that question. Where have they put him? Verse 13, she meets the angels. And they ask her why she's crying. And at the end of verse 13, they says, and I don't know where they have put him. Jesus arrives and Mary doesn't recognize him. Maybe it's the tears. Maybe it's a, a new kind of body as we shall see in a, in, a, in a moment. Or the grief. We don't know. Same reaction though. The end of verse 15. And uh, sir, if you have carried him away, away, tell me where you have put him. And I will get him. We'll go back to John in a moment. But let's stay with Mary and look at verse 16, would you? Have a look at verse 16. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned towards him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni which means teacher. Now, when Jesus said to her, Mary, that was one word that changed all history. One word. And when Mary turned, and when the the penny has dropped, hasn't it? She says, Rabboni. That word Rabboni, actually, it's a really rare word. In the New Testament, it's there... It's here in John chapter 20, and it's in one other place, in Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus comes across a blind guy called Bartimaeus. And he says to him, he stops, he says to him, what do you want me to do for you? And Bartimaeus replies, which is translated in our Bibles, teacher, I want to see. But actually the word is Rabboni, I want to see. And In rabbinical Hebrew, this word Rabboni is regularly used of God. In fact, it is never really, is never ever used in addressing a human rabbi. My point? That in that moment, in that instant, Mary gets it. She sees. As she calls, uh, as Jesus calls her Mary, She suddenly knows, instantly she knows, beyond all doubt, that Jesus is raised from the dead. She knows beyond all doubt that Jesus is Lord. She knows beyond all doubt that this is God Almighty standing in front of her and calling her by her name. 
He knows beyond all doubt that death could not hold him. And he is Lord and Master of all. So Mary is the first one to see the risen Lord Jesus, the first one to believe. Well, not quite, actually. Mary and most of the first disciples believed when they met the risen Lord Jesus. But John himself, John himself was different. Just go back to verse 8. Finally, the other disciple... 99.99% sure that's John, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. He bent over. He entered the tomb. He saw the grave clothes. He saw the empty chrysalis. And he believed. The very first believer in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead they saw they believed third we believe we believe Thomas Arnold was um, the headmaster of rugby school and uh, he'd also been professor of history at Oxford and he wrote this once I've been used for many years to study the history of other times and to examine and weigh the evidence of those who have written about them and I know of no fact in the history of mankind which is, which is proved by better and fuller evidence of every sort to the understanding of a fair inquirer than the great sign that God has given us that Christ died and rose again from the dead. There have been millions down history confronted by the gospel eyewitness accounts of that first Easter Sunday, who following in a, in a long, long line, headed by John, whose account we read this morning, and they've also said, I believe. And it, this is a challenge, isn't it? This is, a, this is a challenge for us on this Easter Sunday. What do you say? Do you say, I believe? Maybe coming to church for a while and things have just been kind of slowly falling into place and now you could honestly say, I believe. And this Easter Sunday is a good day for you. If that's the first day and you can say, yeah, I believe too. The first disciples had uh, the privilege of being there and seeing firsthand, but We've seen it was a bit confusing, a bit difficult. Didn't really get what was going on. They didn't understand that actually it had to happen. We have a different sort of privilege. They were trying to piece it together, trying to to work out what it all meant. But we know the significance of it. We know Jesus raised from the dead means... He is God, he is, and our eternal destiny depends on what we do with him and his words. We know that it means that God walked this earth 
and he ended up dying for us. The resurrection changes everything and it is profoundly challenging. John believed and he wrote this eyewitness account so that we may believe, so that we could get on board with this ourselves. And that's in fact, that's why he's written this whole gospel. If you just went to the end of chapter 20 uh, there, he explains why he's written all this down for us. He wants, it says here, this is written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah. It's verse 31, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. And today there are millions of Christians around the world celebrating Easter and saying with John, We believe. Will you join us? There's one more point to make, but uh, there will be a short prayer at the end. You may like to echo quietly at the end of the sermon to say perhaps for the first time, yeah, I'm joining up. I'm joining the millions, and I believe too. And then the fourth point is this, uh, we believe and then we go. We go. The first disciples went and told others. Um, look at verse 16 and 17 there. And, uh, well, verse 17, Jesus says to Mary, do not hold on to me. It's, it's likely that she's kind of clinging to his feet. And he's saying in verse 17, look, this is a time of joy and a time of joy to be shared with other people. This is wonderful good news that needs to be shared with other people. And he's saying, I'm going back to heaven. And there's a hint there that he will send the Holy Spirit to be with his disciples forever. So he won't be leaving them bereft. Jesus appeared many times to his disciples as the risen Lord. But you know, he never stayed His habitat had changed. He would soon return to heaven and he would send his spirit to be with his disciples, with all Christian believers, everywhere, anywhere, for all time. And Jesus says, Mary, don't cling to me. Go. You can begin this telling of others. And that's what Mary did. Verse 18, Mary went to the disciples with the news, I've seen the Lord. Mary went first to her friends and then on one of the first disciples taking this extraordinary news to the world. And ever since then, Christian people have been going across their garden fence, down the drive, across the roads. They've been going to their school gates. They've been going to their workplace. They've been going to the world to tell people this extraordinary news that Jesus is risen from the dead. Someone has written this. Why did these men suddenly rise from their bemoanings and with light on their faces fairly spring on the world with a message of a living saviour for whom they were willing to suffer any persecution. Because it's true. Because they were believing this eyewitness account. And he's saying, actually, that is the role that Christians have too, to take it, whether it's to our neighbours, whether it's across the world. Jesus is risen from the dead. 
This church is named after James Hannington, who took this news to Africa. And on the 29th of October, 1885, he gave his life, taking the news. Just got to Uganda, and he gave his life, taking the good news of the resurrection of Jesus to the world. We have an example to follow, don't we? Well, this is Resurrection Day. In fact, every Sunday is Resurrection Day, but this Sunday of all Sundays particularly. And we remember today, they saw and they believed and we believe and believing we go. And so I'm going to pray now, just a short prayer. I hope you may want to echo this, whether it's for the first time or whether it's for the uh, umpteenth time. Um, So there's the prayer. It's just simply this. Lord Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead on the first Easter day. I pray you'd help me to live my life following you, my God and my Saviour. So I'm just going to pause uh, just for a a moment's quiet, and then uh, I'll lead us in this prayer. Um, You may like to echo that quietly in your heart, and then Ian and Hazel will lead us in further prayers after that. Let's be quiet for a moment. Lord Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead on that first Easter day. I pray you'd help me to live my life following you, my God and my Saviour. Amen.